This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 73 of Tales of Tamriel, a Dungeon Crawler Network production. I am your host, Agelos, and uh, with me this afternoon, the man running the new YouTube stream, and uh, yeah, it looks pretty good. That would be Esteldian. How are you today, sir? I'm doing very well, just running through DSA. Nice, nice. Um... Yeah, we're uh, we're testing out streaming on the new YouTube beta thing, and it looks pretty sick so far. I'm I'm liking it, mostly because it loads for me, and Twitch never loads for me ever. It's awesome. Uh, also joining us back again, probably tired from uh, leveling his alts and using up all those Chris or all those uh, experience scrolls. That would be Avi Optimal. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Uh, giving up all my money for these experience scrolls, man. I bought a lot of them. I was gonna say, but how, I'm loved. How many have you bought? How many have you bought? Uh, I you, think I you... went through. I went through about 25 already. So 25. I'm, you get how many you get at a, at a five, shot? Five each. Five. So, so you've spent like what five thousand crowns or so? Yeah, five thousand crowns. Oh my! Has it helped you out a lot? Like, yeah, it's did you? It's, it's a, I level, my, my alts just level a lot faster, you know? By the time I get through the second zone in silver content, I'm already like VR, VR5, almost VR6, and it's like, oh, well, I'll be VR14 far before I get to the end of gold content. So, yeah, I'm loving these scrolls right now. Nice, nice. I know uh, I know. I am... Um, I'm, I haven't even started gold content yet, and I am VR14, but I did a lot of grinding in Spell Scar before the nerf, so it's a little different. Yeah, I, I can't I can't grind. I, I always try. I always find a nice spot, kill people for like 10 minutes, then go, all right, I got to get out of here. I can't, I can't do it anymore. It's, it's nice uh, if you can do it with people. That's the oh, best yeah. way to do it. I always try to do it with Netflix. I always get distracted, and then I'm just watching Netflix. <laughs> then I'm just watching <laughs> Netflix and not actually doing anything. I, I like it. And uh, finally, we have a special guest host again, our content creator for um, Dungeon Crawler Network, Krabby. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I think it's been about a year and five months since the last time I was on this show. So it's it, been it's been a while. Yeah, if, if you've listened to us from the start, you probably recognize his voice because he was with us since like what episode six or something like that. I off and think on. So yeah, it was, it was a few months. Yeah. Yeah, it was off and on from episode six till like twenty or somewhere in that range. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm happily, uh, surprisingly enjoying ESO again after being gone for a while. Right. So. I was um, excited when you asked me to come on the show. <laughs> well, I w- we Thais is not here, and I wanted a fourth, and I, I saw you were online, and I was like, you know, he just wrote that little expose piece on a returned ESO player. 
Right. We just got a big bunch of news on the next update patch that you were you were essentially texting me furiously oh, in yeah. Twitter we messages when it came out. So mm-hmm. figured it would probably be good to get you on here and hear your thoughts. Cool. Uh, excellent. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, for those of you who are watching the live stream, uh, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. Um, so in chat when the thing's over, let us know what your experience was. Cause I'm really, really kind of curious to see how Google is gonna, gonna do this, this game streaming. Cause Krabby, you and I talked about it. They are steps above what they were, what or YouTube's uh, live stream service was before. Yeah. It's, it's like a different, it's like a totally different thing. Completely. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm surprised at how good it is. Oh, yeah, me too. Especially for us, uh, you know, messing with it. Um, <laughs> Tig Z in chat's pretty much just saying that it's sad to be, uh, to be a stork when the next patch goes out. Goodbye, Bolt oh, Escape. I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> uh, you play a stork, don't you? I do. Oh, that, do. that sucks. Whatever. All right. Well, before we get into the news, and we do have a lot of news to go over, I have to say that this show is brought to you by awesome fans just like you guys all of you who are listening right now you are why we're here um if you are not currently supporting the dungeon crawler network and wish to help us out uh consider donating or becoming a patron of ours on our patreon page you can find the links to both of these on the bottom of our website dungeoncrawlernetwork.com likewise if you want to support us but can't do it financially we know times are tough I know this more than most people with a new Nordling on the way who constantly needs to go to the doctor, it seems, because my wife figures he has, like, the plague when he sneezes. It must be a first-time mother thing. I don't really know. He's been to the doctor more than she has. It's, it's crazy. It's like, we got to take him to the doctor. He sneezed. He could have, like, Spanish flu. I'm like, he sneezed. He's okay. <laughs> Yeah, classic anyway, first-time mother syndrome. It 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 is. I'm I'm absolutely sure that's what it is. Uh, it's everything is the end of the world, and I'm just like, yeah, he's okay, he's fine. But anyway, if you're having if you're having financial troubles, which we all know are you know you can't support us financially, but you still want to support us because we're your favorite network out there and your favorite podcast, which we should be. Um, you can actually support us by subscribing to our YouTube page. Yeah, yeah. I have Twitch page in there, too, but we may be moving away from that depending on how YouTube goes. So I'm just going to say YouTube page. Uh, Leaving us a review on iTunes. That's awesome. Um, And tell a friend about us and everything that we do. All that helps us out so much. And uh, listen to some of our other podcasts, like our Dungeon Crawler Network podcast that comes out monthly. And uh, we also have a new podcast coming out here in the future. But, again, I get to tease people and not tell them what it's about. Yeah. I like doing that. <laughs> I'm a tease. Only fair. I don't even know what it is. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, none, of us, none of us do. Uh, it's it's not ESO related. It is not ESO related, no. No, no I just don't care then. No, no. Yeah, no, man. No, no Ellie scrolls. <laughs> Do this. It's all, it's all over. Anyway, no. Um, yeah, so stay tuned to Dungeon Crawler Network for when, uh, when we announce that in the future. All right, time for game news. And we had a lot of it. Uh, some of it's not from this week. I know last week I mentioned this. One of the things that I have um, is I wanted to save this because I wanted to mention it because it was probably one of the best Battlemaster corners I've seen 
even though I may not like the build, it's it's a very much a PvP build is what I'm gathering from it. But it is the Battlemaster Corner, the Unstoppable Juggernaut. Now, I wanted to save this so that uh, Esteldian and I could both talk about it. That's that's one of the things we like to talk builds. But it's this is a, uh, a Dragon Knight tank um, that's really built for PvP. So strengths of the build include damage mitigation, strong self-healing, a lot of mobility, sustained DPS, and very hard uh, crowd control. Um, he does note that the build does have some notable weaknesses, including difficulty of use, some burst DPS issues that if you uh, are blocked in your DPS, you kind of get kind of screwed. And the cost of the build is pretty expensive. Now... The reason why I really wanted to highlight this build is if you look through this, he has sections for he has videos for this. He has his preferred race. He breaks down his attribute points, showing all of his stats and what they should look like, um, including health, magicka, stamina, health regeneration, magicka regeneration, stamina regeneration. Shows what kind of weapon and armor he uses. Obviously, he shows his skill bars. Uh, he's a werewolf, so he shows his werewolf bar talks a little bit about how he uses the build. He goes into equipment, how he has it specced out, and how he recommends building it. And he even goes into champion point progression, showing where he put his points. Like, that's impressive. It was a thorough build, that's for sure. Yeah, it's this is, this is a build that I, you know, if you listen to me speak, I often recommend people almost just, you know, escape you know, just forgo the Battlemaster corner and go to Tamriel Foundry because a lot of people there do a lot of theory craft and our dungeon crawler network.com because we have some builds there too. Um, but all of our builds tend to follow this type of procedure where we go out and we talk about like everything that we know about the build. Um, most of the Battlemaster corners before did not do this. They were just kind of shallow. Like, yeah, this is my bar. This is what I do. I hit things. But this one is definitely, definitely a plus. And uh, Steldian, did you get a chance to read through this? I did. And in terms of critique, there isn't too much to give. Um, for a start, I'm not good enough for PvP to try and contend with Lefty Lucy, because I believe it's there, but his build. And right. the guy tends to know his PvP stuff. So if he thinks it's good, it probably is. Uh, there are a few things I did sort of question. It seemed a bit odd how he split his... Uh, well, he's a very stamina-based character, and yet he didn't have a particularly high stamina bar, and he had a few magic skills. I'm thinking, uh, really, entropy? Mm -hmm. um, but, and, and that also makes the um, the werewolf a lot weaker, because the werewolf can be deadly burst if, if used right. It's high-risk, high-reward type play. Yeah. But hey, if it's working for, for, for Lefty Lucy, I'll, I'll accept that I'm obviously talking out my ass, and <laughs> what he's done probably works. I... Uh, it was nice to see a DK build that didn't have a Death Star staff, too. This is this is so, very true. That That's was enough to make me like it. You, you need to have a Destro staff as a DK. That's the only problem. <laughs> <laughs> the only problem is you have to have a Destro staff as a DK. Mm -hmm. I hear you. I hear you. Um, I it yeah. I don't know. It's I think with a PVP build though, I think you and I we look at it more from a PVE side where most fights last for a very long time. You know. It's not uncommon to have eight to ten minute fights where you're constantly fighting the entire time. But I tend to think that perhaps and I again, I may be talking out of my bum here, too. But most PvP fights are under two minutes in length. Yeah, so. um, they, they can't be. Um, but because he's got he's got an optically high 
sort of resource pools and not particularly high regen either, which is quite surprising because most builds I've gone for, for and seen tend to have hitting the thousand odd mark or beyond for their resources. Admittedly, I think this was out buff, so I'm guessing he's going to take a drink. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sure he's not. He's not showing his buffed numbers with food. That's just something where it's like, hey, you should just do it, right? Just, just have done with it. So yeah. Um, did anyone else in, in the crew take a look at this build? Yeah. I, I, me personally, I don't, I don't PVP really, and I don't play a Dragon Knight, so no. Well, yeah, no, that's, it, it's, I normally don't talk too much about these builds, and honestly, I wouldn't even bring it up again if Esteldin wasn't here to talk about it with me, because we like Theorycraft, but I don't really play Dragon Knight that much either. Um, I just really wanted to bring up this thing because of how well done his his entire build was. Like, it is really well done. There's a ton of use. Like it, he walks you through the entire build. It's really nice. Yeah, which is something I think more people should do. Like with their builds. Like explain. Tell you need to convince me why your build is good. You know, like I mean, yeah, we all we with so many limited bars and stuff like that. There's very limited builds. Because I think we talked about that with some members of our community uh, with our Dark Oppressor build that's on Dungeon Crawler. Someone's like, this looks an awful lot like this build. And I retorted with, yeah, which also looks an awful lot like this build. (laughs) Um, With such limited types of builds available nowadays, it's, it's, it's nice to know when someone does something different why they chose it. Because people are all following the meta build. And it's like, why should I go away from the meta that I know works to try out your build what makes you so special and if you just go well because of this this is what you know i i just have my bar most people go yeah okay see you later i'm just gonna go back to doing what i was doing so i that's why i save this one because this is what battle master corner should look like i think every single one should look like this there's really not a reason why a battle master corner should not look this way yeah, it was well explained, spread it all out nicely, and it was nice to see someone making use of the werewolf, because it can be deadly. I know it's kind of written off as a get it for the passive and never touch it again, but, you know, in a one-on-one situation, a werewolf can absolutely annihilate another player. I've seen it happen. Oh, yeah. It, it is dangerous to do, so it, that's why it's, it's high risk, high reward with playing the werewolf. Right. But if you're smart with it, it's... You know, the damage it does, and of course it's got the fear, so it can imitate the night blades, and they're annoying. I can fear you through block. <laughs> Fear you the bane of every time. PvP, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Lefty Lucy, uh, hats off to you, sir. Like, I, even though I don't play Dragon Knight, and some of the some of the things, it's like, yeah, okay, I'm just gonna take your word on it. I, I do have to admit the how thorough you were with your build and how it was put together would make me want to try it. So, good work sir i uh i applaud your your build it's it's very good and that's why i wanted to highlight it um just because of how well everything was explained and and shown off so definitely definitely worth worth the worth the look all right oh hey i just see setsua's on here hey setsua sorry i kind of had this off my screen there for a second so i didn't really get to see all right next up on um game news which is something that tigsy we talked about in uh pre-show that i was going to answer here uh zoss has confirmed 
that they are working on a type of catch-up mechanic for champion points. They were rather vague. They really didn't tell us a whole lot about it other than the fact that they do see that there is a problem with the champion point system in that people who max out or go crazy, you know, grinding everything under the sun uh, tend to have a significant advantage because when you max out your champion points, you're effectively 25% stronger than the average... um, normal player when they come into this so you got 25 percent on top of anybody so that that is a significant um you know amount of, of power and they realize the amount of time and effort it takes for you to actually get in get in there and and work on this so they're going to come up with a type of mechanic that will allow you to catch up in the long run Now, I'm kind of curious, in my mind, this is how it'll work, and I want to hear from the rest of the crew what their thoughts are on this particular case as well. In my mind, a type of catch-up mechanic that they would probably end up using will be something along, it won't be so much of a mechanical thing as much of a, when the devs see you've reached a certain point, that's when they kick in the mechanic. So... Obviously, they have a lot of analytics looking at everything they've got, and they go, okay, we're seeing right now that of all the players we have right now, uh, I don't know, 40% of the players are above 500 champion points, okay? And when they see that, they go, all right, so what we're going to do now in order to help the rest of the populace catch up to you know, the, you know, where this, this large majority is, we are going to make the first 500 points take half as much time to get and they'll go in there and adjust the numbers going the first 500 champion points or half the amount of experience needed i see that as their catch-up mechanic which is very manual but it's i find that to be one of the easiest ways to do it without penalizing the people who do grind it out because it'll it'll be when when they see a certain threshold of people hitting over a certain level that's when they'll go okay it's time for us to make a change. Um, Esteldian, what what about you? What are your thoughts on a catch-up mechanic? Yeah, I mean, it's got to come, and I kind of figured they'd probably do it. A similar idea, say, oh, well, actually, up to 200 points is only 100,000 experience for every point or something, so you just reduce the XP requirement for all. Um, that'd be an, an easy way to do it. I'd also, personally, I'd actually look at doing something a little bit clever as well and saying, hey, you know what? When you complete the um, Cadwell Silver, you gain 50 champ points. And obviously there's a requirement saying, you know, that that's pending, you know, up to the threshold of 300. Like in theory, anyone who does gold and silver content should get pretty much 50 and 50. So they've got a full 100. That encourages people to carry on doing Cadwell Silver and gold. I know it'll annoy some people who'd like to grind, but it gives people who'd like to quest a bit of a reward because even though they're not getting the experience that a grinder would get, they're getting a lump sum of 50 and 50. It's like, oh, there's 100 champ points right there. All right, all right. Um, Krabby, what are your thoughts, sir? Um, so I'm, I'm fairly new to champion points since I just started playing again, like maybe a month and a half ago. Um, I have, I mean, I have maybe, I don't know how to say it. I have 12 champion points in each, uh, section. If you highlight over your, like when you look at your champion points, 
it, just Wait. so you know what your number is. If, you got 36. Yeah. Well, okay. if you, if right. you okay. feel like doing the math, you can do that as well. Well, I, well whatever. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I have been thinking about it, though, and, like, you know, I'll read the forums, and it seems like everybody is everybody's free, freaks out about two things is veteran ranks, which I'm sure you guys talked about before, and uh, champion points being ridiculous. Personally, I think I like the idea of making the first 100 super easy to get. And then making like the last like one thousand be ridiculous to get, like the last third of the champion points to you can earn are like super difficult to get, which is kind of what I'd like to see. Okay, so you have, to, you have to put in more time as opposed to just regular time, hmm. you know. Okay. Um, Avi, what are your thoughts, sir? Uh, well, yeah, I think it's very much needed for the game. I mean, the gap between a new player and a veteran player uh, boggles boggles the mind when you think of catching up. So a catch-up mechanic is very needed. I haven't thought too much in the, the mechanic they can actually use. Uh, something to kind of slow down people with maybe doing something on the line of, like, the opposite of enlightenment. You get too much during the day. The more you get, the harder they get. I'm not, I'm not too sure on what they can do to make people get it get caught up, but uh, I think it's definitely needed. That reminds me of uh, if for anyone who doesn't follow other games, I, I don't really follow this one. It was actually a friend of mine who was uh, interested in this talking about it. It sounds like Skyforge, where they're limited, like they put caps on how much you can progress in a week. Like they literally, yeah, you can like only progress up to a certain point. And honestly, I'm not real fond of that as a as a whole. You never so really only, should. The only problem players. with that, the only problem with that is, I feel like the damage is done already, where yeah. there's already a, a bunch of people with a ton of veteran points. So I don't know if that yeah, would that's do what I'm a saying. whole this lot. Isn't a, this isn't a catch-up mechanic, but it's more of a slow the roll mechanic until they come up with an actual catch-up mechanic. But you know, just a small idea. Yeah, I mean, the only problem with that, of course, is the fact that a lot of people are already complaining about how if they want to have enlightenment, they feel there's no point in logging on. You've got the risk that if you reach your cap of a week or whatever of getting champ points, that you wouldn't bother logging on anymore mm. until the next week. Um, that said, you could always do a sort of a reduced ex- champ experience plus or something, couldn't you? I know some people have talked about on the forums having a cap and those already over the cap essentially the extra 300 they've got are kind of ignored. But obviously when they decide to raise the cap, they automatically have those points plugged in. Um, but I think just making a decent mechanic where you can catch people up nicely because really when you get to 300 points I know if we're talking about the difference between max and not 300 is where the real big hitter comes in because that's where you get the raw 25% increase in damage to whatever type of damage you do that's where the big numbers come from Um, I know for PvP there's still a lot of issues because everything really does help but in PvE wise at least you know the fact that someone's got 25% reduction in their dodge not really that relevant on the whole Whereas in PvP, that's a pretty huge difference. So, but then I'd, I'd imagine PvP to end up with a bit of a battle spirit idea where you say, hey, you actually act as if you've got X amount of champ points hmm. um, to sort of fight against that. Because okay. no matter what kind of catch-up you do for PvP, it's just you're always going to be way behind. If you've got 300, someone's got 1,000, it's going to be an epic difference as opposed to PvE. Right. Speaking of the difference between PvE and PvP... Um, in champion points 
On the forums, uh, Zoss's Brian Wheeler, the lead PvP guy, posed an interesting question on the forums. He's saying, pretty much, let's just take a step back and goes, does anyone have any opinions on a non-CP standard campaign? Okay, so this is one that would allow any veteran ranks or normal players in, but it removes all of your CP abilities. So you could have 3,600 CP or whatever the cap is, but you lose all of that when you go into this campaign. <laughs> I like the idea. I, I, I don't mind the idea of it. I don't want them to have too many campaigns to the point where a whole bunch of them just get abandoned. Mm. But I, I, I do I do like the idea of it. And also, like, uh, I think her name was Woman in the chat, also brings up the idea of having a non-vet campaign with no champion points. That would be a little more easy for somebody who somebody new to the game to get into and see PvP for the first time. Nice. Okay. Honestly, I think that should have been implemented with the non-vet that campaign already. I think it's ridiculous having champ points allowed in there. <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel a little OP when I go in there. I'm just saying, I. How many champion yeah. points do you have? Uh, I'm not sure off the top of my head, but somewhere around 140, maybe 150. Mm -hmm. Within. Yeah, I would like the idea of non-champion point campaigns. That seems like it makes the most sense. And it's like, it's like a it's a very nice band-aid on the problem. Right. Well, the whole idea of the non-vet they created in the first place was people had issues. That was just so unfair being a vet 1 versus a vet 14. And by letting champ points in the non-vet version, you've, you've done the same thing. If if you're a guy who's new and you haven't got any champ points, another guy's got 100, 200, you know, it's, he's, just gonna, he's got a massive advantage over you. Let alone the fact he's got all the experience because he's probably got a vet character who's been playing in PvP. You know, it's just... It, it kind of defeats the point of why they created the non-vet campaign in the first place. Right. No, I definitely agree with you on that one. It 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 is a little backwards as to that. And if honestly, if the only issue is that PVPers are saying, "Hey, I'm not. I feel like we're getting tore apart." Why nerf a PVE mechanic because of PVP? You know what I'm saying? Like. If, if there's a PvE mechanic that is really causing issues, then just remove it from PvP alone. Just, like, disable it. it. It's not that big of a deal. Like, I don't know how, why people wouldn't separate separate it out. I know some people are diehard against separating out abilities, and I know um, one of the big offenders of this was, like, Guild Wars 1 back in the day, when it's like, hey... Um, we're going to have separate PvP and PvP PvE abilities, and that, that tended to be an issue. People are going, well, I don't really want that because I don't want to have to have different builds. Like, I have to learn, especially people who are just casual, had to learn how to play, you know, like, I have to build a whole new build just to play PvP. Well, you really shouldn't because the champion point doesn't really give you anything. It's just passives. You just remove them and be done with it. Uh... <laughs> hey cody brown and aj thank you for coming on hey uh aj reason why we are on youtube is we are actually testing this out because it's in beta and um honestly i like youtube it helps our network out that kind of stuff that's why we're uh kind of testing it out see how it works um and so far we're liking it let us know what your thoughts are uh how quality is etc etc but um it, it lowers a little bit of work that I have to do as a producer because I don't need to then 
export it from Twitch to YouTube, then re-download it to, you know, edit it up and put it back on YouTube. It's all just right here. That's one of the reasons. All right, so champion points, that's interesting. All right. Next up in news. Oh, my goodness, so much news. Um, there was an issue or an article in VentureBeat saying that ESO has pulled the number three spot for top sales earning uh, over $50 million in June. Now, this is on the console, I think, mostly for PS4. So, Can I add a little uh, asterisk to this, to absolutely. this quote here? Yeah, I was about to throw. Uh, do not include digital sales, right. only physical copies. That's even more impressive. It, I know. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Okay. All right. No, that's, but that's also awesome. if you read more of the article, I think actually the fifty million wasn't quite right. It was talking about a sum total or something, and it wasn't actually purely the ESO. I can't remember what it was. It was okay. in Reddit when I saw it, but either way, it was damn impressive. Still, number three console sales is is definitely pretty nice. Definitely pretty nice. Um, so I mean, ESO is still chugging along on consoles, doing its thing, kind of breaking all those top areas. So that's definitely a that's definitely a plus. Um, anyone else want to mention anything about that? Like that's, it's not really, it's, it's a news topic of a, yay, that's pretty awesome, but there's really not a lot of discussion other than, Hey, yeah, that happened. Right. No. All right. I'm the only one who thinks that then. All right. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It's awesome. I love it. It's nice to get a little feedback on a talking <laughs> podcast. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm sorry. I was busy cleaning the archer. Okay. Okay. You get you get an excuse. I'm fine with this. All right. Um, following up. See, there's so much news this week. Oh my goodness. Uh, ESO is heading to QuakeCon, right? And with QuakeCon, they have a giveaway, which is actually pretty sick. Uh, oh, they're doing a giveaway with a custom Elder Scrolls Online Tamriel Unlimited themed xbox one which looks pretty sick and all you have to do in order to participate is between well it's already live but between when this went live on the 17th and all the way through i'm trying to find the date oh july 23rd which is next week um my birthday surprisingly uh if you all you have to do is talk about what you want to do in imperial city and make sure you do hashtag ESOTU and hashtag Imperial City and that's your entry so definitely get out there throw your entry out there hopefully hopefully you know you win that their example was their example was my entry so I was like oh man they already they already wrote it <laughs> out did. they already wrote that's it out funny. yeah yeah right. they'll, they'll probably just discard your entry because they'll be like I yeah. oh, just copy pasted ours <laughs> I've already said that on a podcast a couple podcasts ago <laughs> that's, that's one of those things. Looking forward to seeing the seeing the Imperial City that we saw in Oblivion, all covered in Daedra and chaos. You know. Well, you see that in Oblivion at the very end. Up, oh, spoilers! Great <laughs> <laughs> spoilers. Yeah, you you see it for a little bit. Yeah, for a little bit. There's there's a lot of <laughs> lot of for stuff. a little bit. There's a lot of chaos. There's a in, lot the of things Oblivion. going on. A lot of things. Uh, I want I want to beat that game again now. <laughs> I totally uh, missed that. I got distracted by the wife. What were we talking about? Oh, well, uh, we were talking about the Elder Scrolls Online's uh, QuakeCon giveaway, 
Um, oh, the Xbox, yeah. Yeah, the Xbox. I mean, I don't hold it against them that they're that. using an Xbox. So... Yeah, I mean, who really wants an Xbox One? Anyway? If it was anyway, a PlayStation yeah. 4, it would be pretty cool. Uh, uh, AJ, we, uh, we actually have not uh, covered the Imperial City yet. We're, we're getting there. There's just a lot of news to go through for this week. Like, compared to normal weeks, we had a flood of news. So we're, we're working our way slowly but steadily. All right. So that was that. We're going to move on to the next little bit, which is still really, really cool. And that is more stuff for us to buy. That's right. Heroes of Tamriel, the Nord statue, is now available. Uh, the Nord from the Blur trailers is now available in a statue from Gaming Heads. It looks actually pretty neat. Uh, thing is, they're only doing about 1,500 of these. 1,000 standard editions and 500 exclusive. Um, all I can say is similar to what when they did the, the High Elf. If you're interested in this, that's awesome, but you better come with a, a pretty full wallet because I'm imagining these are probably going to be in the uh-huh. $300 range or higher. Question. Yes. What is the difference between a standard and exclusive statue? Uh, the difference between the standard and exclusive, um, the standard is what you would normally see. And normally, like what I'm pulling it up here just to see what the exclusive does on here. Uh, the exclusive edition... Nord exclusive. Da, 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 da. I have to find this out because other what the other one was when they did the the um, the high elf and the the uh, Breton the the base load for the Breton and like the orb of magic load for the oh, for the other one. That's badass. Yeah. yeah. Well, now if they had a Man of Marco statue, I would probably seriously consider buying the exclusive of that because <laughs> he is awesome. It, it looks pretty neat. I'm just I'm trying to look through it right now, and I'm not really seeing why. Um, oh, the oh it includes an additional something. Oh, you can remove the helm for the Nord. That's the only. Difference. Is that really the only thing? The I, only I was difference. sitting here holding. I was holding myself from saying saying that, thinking, no, there's got to be something else besides. You, you, can undre- you can undress the Nord. You can undress the Nord. The exclusive so. edition. You can make him naked. Don't worry. Yeah, in the super exclusive, only available in Europe, you can make him completely nude. Like the naked Nord. Hey, that'd be pretty cool as an exclusive, actually. For an extra <laughs> twenty bucks, you can take his underwear off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, talking about. Uh, that's some serious microtransactions right there. <laughs> oh, you hear what I did there? Oh, jeez. Oh, no. I know, I know. It, it, it's a thing. So, um, but the exclusive edition as of right now is coming in at a whopping three hundred and thirty dollars. Woo! That's a little pricey. <sighs> um, it looks pretty cool, but I, I know I myself couldn't warrant that. You know. ESO is not Star Citizen, where people drop, you know, like twenty thousand dollars on on random stuff. That, that's a little pricey. But but the difference though is ESO is actually a game. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's the oh. that's the difference. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like these statues. I wish I could afford them. Well, how much are the standard ones? They can't be. What, 200? 250? I'm trying to get to the standard edition, but it's kind of difficult. There's no way it's $100 to remove his helmet. 100 is. 
Yes, I don't uh, care if I'm funny. leaving the Zoss website. I, I want to leave the Zoss website. <laughs> AJ's it, Xbox it Master goes Race. It's $300. <laughs> uh, three, it's, yeah, it's $30. Okay, so it's so. $30 to take his helmet off, I guess. Yeah, so yeah, there you weird. go, sir. You, uh, you, you, there, there's your, you know, twenty bucks to remove his underwear. There it is. <laughs> See, so. what they should have done is given away one of those statues instead of an Xbox One at the Craycon. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> yeah, it's the same price as an Xbox yeah. One. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just get the cash and choose which I want? <laughs> yeah. Oh my! Oh my! Yeah, that is that. It's it's neat for what it is. It's neat if you have the money to buy it. I want your job. And well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's there for those who can afford it. For those who can afford it, props to you. I, I mean, I, ca- I can't afford any of that, and I totally would buy a Mana Marco one. That's what, that's, what, that's what credit cards are for, right? I don't, I don't know what I have to do or how much debt I have to go into. If you do Mana Marco, that's oh, what's man, happening. Oh, man, I would, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, in the grand scheme of things, they sell, they sell a... a a horse for thirty dollars. So, an actual sure. statue for three hundred isn't that unreasonable? Yeah, if, if you think fair. about it, right? <laughs> right. I, I hear you. I hear you. No, I I agree. It's a little crazy. Uh, Xbox Master Race. AJ, I don't know what even. Do. I don't even know what to do with you, sir. All right. Before we really get into our discussion topic, which is all about the Imperial City. Um, the guys over at Zenimax have released a guide, essentially, to walk you through how to get into Imperial City. It's a very basic guide, but it's how to get there, how to do everything. It's, it, I like seeing these official guides, you know? Um, you know, that's, that's, I, I like these. The official guides are nice. They're easy to find on the site. They help you get around. Um, nothing really much to it other than some basic stuff of how to get there, how to navigate, that kind of deal. Um, Krabby, did you did you read through this guide? Do you, do you think you needed it? Um, I glanced over it. It, uh, yeah. I mean, it was nice. Um, it's wait, hold on a second. I clicked on the roll. <laughs> wait a minute. You have the links on the show notes messed up. I'm not doing them in order. No, no, no. Because the Imperial City guide is the next topics link i think is it Ah. well whatever but yeah no i mean i read through it yeah it was nice i mean i was i was genuinely curious about like how to enter Uh. imperial city and how to leave and how a lot of that stuff worked so it was was nice they put that out there right right definitely uh definitely pretty nice with the um biggest question was how the heck do i get there that's always the biggest question how do we do this so it's nice to see that, you know, it's there. Um, not really much else to talk about that. So let's go ahead and, well, no, I'll, I'll add this one in here. And I'm going to link it in, in chat for people. And it will also be available on the show notes. Um, I just linked it, maybe. Why does it say, com- oh, 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 that's kind of neat. That, that lear- I learned something new. It's very hard to link stuff. <laughs> well, it's not really that big of a deal. It's you have to do it in a different way, and I'm not really sure how to do it, and I'm not really worried really messing with it. So, um, there are new items coming to the Crown Store 
in uh, when the Imperial City drops, including a mind-shriven horse for 2,200 crowns. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, looks cool. Uh, I like that a lot. It, it is pretty neat. The Daydrat, day the Daydrat, <laughs> for 500 That's a pretty awesome crowns. name for that, actually. I know, right? Just the Daydrat. I, I like it as well. Um, and the Soul Shriven pet are set. So it's just kind of crappy armor that you would see the Soul Shriven in. So uh, it, it's neat. Is anyone going to buy any of these? I'm yeah, like, the horse. You're going to buy the horse? I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that the horse, I mean, the horse looks really cool from the picture. And I'm hoping that the animations, it has a little bit of animations, kind of like the Frost Horse and the Fire Horse does. Because if it has a little bit of that and it looks really cool, then for the price they're doing it for, uh, yeah. Well, I'll I mean, it almost it looks like there's some black mist coming off of them a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so that's maybe, what I'm saying. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm considering the horse as well because it does look really cool. It's definitely that Daedra feel. Like this would be a horse that got pulled into Cold Harbor, so maybe it's that cold little steam crap. Um, I'm kind of interesting at the price of this. Um, I remember like Zoss testing the waters with prices, like with the like when they released the tiger mounts and stuff like that. It was twenty five hundred crowns, which was so much more expensive than all the other mounts. And then they released the frost horse, which is like three thousand crowns. Now this horse will be essentially three hundred crowns cheaper than what the 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 lions and tigers and bears were going for. Um, oh and the fire horse too. Yeah. yeah. Like this one is significantly, well, not significantly, but cheaper. Like, do you feel like they were just kind of testing the waters with prices? Like what are they seeing? What people were willing to buy? I think it's either that, or I think when we see this horse, like I said before, if the animations on this horse are really cool and pop out a lot, like the, I keep calling him the fire horse. I know he has a name, the fire horse and the frost horse. Then, yeah, I think I think uh, if they're testing out the prices then they finally found a pretty a pretty fair price. OK, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, that's twenty two dollars. I mean, that's a little I don't know. I, I, I don't I'm still a fan of submodels. Obviously, everyone knows this. I like when they add stuff that we can get from the game, which I may possibly have gotten my wish, which we'll talk about in our discussion topic. And I don't mind when they add stuff to the crown store, but they should add stuff in both places. You know, maybe, maybe just give us some deep, you know, maybe not the super cool stuff. Save that. But I want to see some getting mounts and pets from achievements. You know, like I feel the same way, but I, I feel a tad bit better only because uh, the the mountain looks cool. The rat is unique, and the soul shriven armor. I mean, I think it looks kind of crappy. But see, that's kind of where I feel <laughs> good about it is because all the good looking armor you have to earn in game. That's that's the thing. Like you earn all the good looking armor in game. It's not like Guild Wars Two or Star Wars: The Old Republic, where if you want really cool looking armor, you gotta drop some money on it. Mm. Like. Like they're they're putting like RP ish armor sets on the crown store, which I I prefer that, <laughs> you know, instead of having cool looking armor on the on the cash shop. Yeah, so. see, armor is one thing to me. Like I don't know. Like I don't mind the costumes as much. Yay, they're great. Whatever. But 
I'm a collector in these games. I love like going after the World of Warcraft, like hundred mount achievement, stuff like that. I remember grinding out reps with people just so I could get by the, the stuff. And that's stuff that I wish they had put in the game. Cause when you when you throw it on a cash shop, you remove the incentive to play. You're not playing the game to try to get rewards. You're just playing the I can pull my credit card out of my wallet. And that's the difference. Now, I don't mind that, hey, they got to make money, right? I mean, they also have a sub fee. And I honestly think a lot of players are actually taking advantage of that sub fee because they realize, hey, I'm getting 1,500 crowns, which is the same as what I'd get if I just bought it, plus all these bonuses. I think they have probably more subscribers now than they did before, even though it's not required to play. Um, But they need to provide something in the game that you can earn that's hard earned that you can just, you know, Hey, you somehow or another managed to, you know, kill every single type of Daedra or catch all, you know, like they did that with the, with the, the, the dies. That's great. And they did, they have some achievements uh, with titles for when you complete hard content, you get titles. That's awesome. But you can get more rewards, add mounts and pets to the game too, that you have to try to get or earn money to buy rather than just throwing down your credit card. Do both and I'll be happy. All right. Now it's time to really get into the meat and potatoes of this entire thing. And that is the Imperial City launch tales, as well as the ESO live that happened um, on Friday. First off, the Imperial City looked at least the trailer looked really cool. Did you guys see the trailer? Did it get you hyped up for it? Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Yep. Um, Stellian, did you see the trailer? Uh, I did. I just can't remember it. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, I like <laughs> I was, I was borderline with Oh, you. okay. All right. Understandable. He's probably trying to sneak it out, like, you know, under his yeah, desk. He's like trying cabin. to watch it on his <laughs> phone. That's actually, on that's exactly what I did at work. I'm like, well, no one's really near me, so let me just pull my phone oh, out. I'm just going to hold know. it where no one can see yeah, it. It looks like I'm much staring at my crotch. Yeah. 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 I see that. Okay. Um, one of my favorite things that always got me hyped when I played uh, World of Warcraft was every time they had a patch, theirs was a little different. Their trailers were a little bit more story-like, but you got to see the raid in some way. Like, they took you through it. Um, and that was always... That got you a little bit of hype before the patch came out. You're like, oh, this is awesome looking, you know? Like, they got the, the upbeat music going on. They got you all excited. And that's what I felt kind of happened with, with this. Like, it, maybe it's not as story-driven, but then again, ESO doesn't really have the characters. Like this game is more, more about the world in general rather than the characters that are in it. That's how I always always saw this game. Um, but it was still really cool. They had the they had the you know the music going through that sounded awesome. You're like, oh dude, that sounds so cool. And uh, yeah, so that that looked really really neat, and I'm really glad they did that. Um, let's talk about this a little bit. August 31st is it coming to PC and Mac. That's right, guys. End of August. We're about a month and a half away from having to grind VR 16. That's all right. (laughs) And it's only been done for seven months. Uh, Yeah, right? (laughs) Um, And it is coming to Xbox One and PS4 on the 15th and 16th of September, respectively. So... um, you have about two weeks after PC launch to to get it if you're on the console. 
I'm assuming that's because of the stringent, uh, um, what is it, the patch verification or whatever. Uh, cer certification, certification on consoles. Yeah. So that that's kind of neat. The other thing that I was actually kind of excited about, and Crab, you and I were going back and forth, is they announced a price. And I kind of want to hear what everyone's thoughts on this. The price for the Imperial City, if you have an active ESO Plus membership, it, it's just included. But if at any time you're you're not a subscriber or you let your subscription lapse, the price of the DS, DLC is 2,500 crowns, which is less than the Frost Horse. Yeah, thank you. I that 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 kind of bugged me, you know. I saw I saw the price of it, and I'm like, oh, so they're charging more money for a a fancy little horse than they're charging for their big first DLC. Well, okay, I I know they're just kind of testing the water, like you said, with the prices of the horses, trying to figure out what people will spend. But it's just it's just kind of weird for how amazing this this DLC content coming to us is, mm -hmm. but. So the price kind of shook me, but at the same time, I'm really happy for the $2,500 crown price range. I think that's pretty fair for all the content we're getting. Right. I mean, for, for that, I actually think it's a fairly fair price. I mean, for a DLC, that, 25 $20? bucks. Is it 25 or is it 25 true? bucks. 25 bucks, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it essentially comes out to about 100 crowns is a dollar. I mean, you can't really buy it in that one. That's that's what it is. Based on the website, it's 100 crowns for a dollar. So, easy conversion in your head. So, 25 bucks for the expansion for a DLC. I'm trying to remember back to Skyrim for their DLCs. Uh, Hearthstone 20. was... 20. Was it... Uh, Hearthstone, Hearthstone was, was $5. The other yeah. two were 20. 20? What's yeah. funny is I I prefer this game as a cash shop with an optional sub than with a sub, and I've always liked the cash shop in this game, but I am actually I'm not okay with this price. I think it's I think it's ten dollars too much. Really? I, I really do. I, I I look back at Dawnguard for Skyrim or uh or Dragonborn, and I believe those were twenty and thirty. I think. No, they're oh, they're both twenty. Were they both twenty? And I mean, there was. Uh, like, see, it's hard because it's an MMO, so it's not a full fledged expansion with this. It's just it's DLC, which is the Imperial City, which looks pretty big. It looks like a very big zone, but I'm I'm skeptical on content in there and how often I'll want to go back to check it out. I, I, I feel like it's too expensive. It, it's funny because price never bothers me about stuff. But something just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we, I feel we like figured it's a, that out with your Yeah, uh, I feel like it's a three. bit too expensive. I don't know. I don't know. Huh. Is it just because what this DLC is or... Yes. Do you, okay, you just don't feel like if, they're providing okay, enough content. If, if, okay, let's, uh, let's say that Craglorn Upper and Lower was one DLC and it cost... 2,500 crowns. That would be fair. Okay. I feel like that there's more content in Craglorn with the trials included and Dragon Star Arena. If that was 2,500 crowns, then there is an Imperial City. But I haven't played Imperial City, so I don't know. I'm okay. just saying from what I've seen. That's just your impression is... That's my impression. Okay. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and actually, we were actually going to talk about what it has in there, so let's... Um, I don't... Esteldine, did I hear from you yet? Oh, no. Um, 
cost-wise, uh, I think they've been very clever overpricing all the horses because suddenly you appreciate 2,500 crowns for the expansion. <laughs> yeah, you think so? yeah. At the end of the day, it's cheaper than the frost mount. And yeah, that's the first thing I thought. Though. It's cheaper than frost mount. Yeah, so how can you complain about the price of the expansion? It's ultimately what they've gone for here, and it's, it's pretty cleverly done. I mean, I've got no problem with them price gouging you for cosmetic nonsense anyway because it really is as optional as it gets. So I'd rather the, I'd rather a mount was more expensive than the download is. Um, 2,500, uh, that's... It's, uh, like uh, Krabby said, it's hard to tell without actually knowing exactly how big it's going to be. Um, sure. But in theory, I would say that's the sort of it's, it's a reasonable price for an expansion if it's got enough stuff in it. That, that's what I'd expect an add-on to cost, essentially. Okay. So depending on whether I'm disappointed how much content they give us, time will tell. But in theory, I think that's what you can expect DLC to cost. Okay. Uh, AJ in chat says he feels it's a bit expensive. Skyrim DLC was about $20 each. $15 would be perfect. Um, yeah, it's 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 difficult knowing, like, all right, coming from a subscription-based background, the, the, the price of, of, like, a WoW-type expansion was about 50 bucks, right? Which often provided a whole new land to explore, um, generally complete revamps of skills, as well as generally new systems some sort of new system right um it just had what felt like a lot of content with an expansion now they only came every like once a year so you got to take that into account but they're just this dlc honestly feels like like a patch to me like but again it's it, the differences between a subscription game and a, a buy to play or free to play game their ideas are different. You know, they got to make the money where they can. If this was still a subscription game, this would be a patch. You know, this is just, you know, a content patch that you would get. Um, so it's it's kind of hard to, to think of when you think of prices for these things because they obviously are going to price a little high because this is potentially the only bit of money they're going to get from a player that, you know, is essentially using their system after the base purchase, Right. After the base purchase, you can up, use and abuse their system like crazy without paying for it for essentially the rest of the game's life. So if it were super cheap when they do all this work, is that enough for them to fund their developers and keep going? Subscription games at least allow them to go, hey, they can look at their recent subscription trends and look going, hey, we have, you know, a thousand subscribers this month. This is this is our this is our budget, right? You know, and then they look at over the months going, hey, we've gained up or we went down. So this is our adjusted budget. What can we do? And that it's a little bit more. Um, it's a little bit more easy to use. And I actually I was listening to a podcast. I believe it was the, the Level Up Morning Show um, from from uh, Mog Nation. Really good podcast. You should check it out. It's just a general PC game morning show. They had an interview with uh, Dave Jorgensen. If you don't know who he is, he was was the head of the EverQuest franchise. He was let go during the Daybreak takeover. Um, and he had some interesting insight because they were asking, they asked him right off the bat going, what do you feel is the best um the best model for MMOs, whether it be subscription-based, buy-to-play, or free-to-play. That was the question he was asked. And he, he had an interesting answer. He said, for the developers and for the players, subscription is the better, the better option. 
for the company as a whole, free to play is the better option. It, it was very fascinating how he said that, because to him, with a subscription base, developers have more consistent budget of what they know what they're making and what they can do. And it also they with the subscription, they know they have to provide content for the players. But for a company, the free to play is better because they earn more money. So it, it was just a fascinating conversation overall. And I think it kind of fits in with why the DLC seems a little expensive. Okay, next little bit. All right, we're going to talk about what this will actually contain. So what is our 2,500 crowns buying us? So with the purchase of the Imperial City DLC pack, you get access to the full Imperial City zone. That includes all con- all, all content Whoa. that's available. I know, right? <laughs> Family show. <laughs> yeah. All content is available to players that are level 10 and up. It's really messing with me there. Um, <laughs> a brand new PVE PVP space with six Imperial districts. So it's the zone itself. New quest and new characters within the Imperial City. Um, one Imperial City public dungeon, which is the Imperial sewers. Two PVE Imperial City group dungeons with both normal and veteran versions, which are the White Gold Tower and the Imperial City prison. The oh, Telvar yeah. stone system. 23 completely new veteran ranked 16 item sets that are only available within the imperial city treasure vaults that contain new veteran rank 16 set jewelry and a chance for even rarer finds the zivkin racial motif um, and new collectibles only available in the imperial city pets polymorphs and a costume see that kind of excites yes. me right there me that's too. what i've been complaining about this entire time if that's true that that thank you zoss Thank you. Just this share. content update's amazing. I love this content update. I, oh, I'm so excited. One, one other thing it's that they did mention. Very much needed update. Um, so that is what the DLC contains. Okay, so that's different. All right? That's the DLC. When this game comes out, if you don't buy it, there's a base patch that comes with it. Now, this is available to everyone who owns the game. And that includes a 15% decrease to the amount of experience for a veteran rank. 100% more experience in all public dungeons, 50% more experience in all veteran rank quests, 20% more experience in Craglorn, <laughs> which essentially makes it 70% more experience if you're doing quests in Craglorn. Um, racial passive improvements, different changes to the Mundus stones, the glass armor racial motif, which is sick looking, uh, improvements to existing imperial or uh, existing item sets. The ability to hide mount visual upgrades. Thank you. My my guar will not look like armored seamen now. Uh, <laughs> I don't like you. I new crafting you. skill line passives, new undaunted pledges, and combat changes, and improved end of campaign alliance rewards. So those aren't included in the twenty five bucks. So now seeing seeing that crabby, do you still feel that it's too expensive for what they're asking? Yes. Okay, that's fair. I, 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 I want to get in there. I want to say, holy crap, this, these zones are gigantic, and I want to come back here for the next month and a half trying to do everything. Okay. Right. I, I don't yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I have to see it. You know, I'm skeptical. No, I, no, I, that's, that's uh, definitely, um, 
fair fair to do because based on that list in the base game a lot of stuff is coming that other people get the actual what difference between the base patch and what people will be paying for the dlc price is that worth 25 bucks uh i mean a lot of this stuff you can't really a lot of this stuff has to be in a base patch. Like yeah. you can't say, "Oh, we're gonna have 100% more XP for public dungeons in the DLC." You know that'd be weird. Oh yeah, that people would complain like yeah. crazy for that. I, I was actually surprised the glass racial motif was uh, not in the DLC, and I'm curious what race is glass. Uh, glass oh, isn't uh, a racial armor. I've n- 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 never heard of the glass race before. <laughs> it's well, not well, a racial. Glass, it's just most, a style. It's mostly worn by elves. It's mostly worn yeah. by elves in Skyrim. Yeah, was... If you have a glass sword, they'll say, "Why are you holding that elvish, that elvish sword? Why don't you go get some steel and be a real Nord or something like that?" So, right. this is true. I'm curious what the new crafting skill line passives are. I'm that... wondering what that is. Yeah, I really. I don't know. I'm pretty huge into crafting, so that kind of piques my interest more than most. I am huge into crafting as well, but I am I I'm right now researching my last uh last five pieces and I'll be a full nine of nine crafter in every single thing. I'm really hoping I don't have to learn a new trait. Like I doubt it. Yeah, one more one more point so you can make fifteen, well, sixteen gear. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, actually, probably. That but if there was be. a new, if there was a new trait, it would probably be on this list. This is true. Yeah, yeah. Because I really plan on after this is done, like after I'm done researching, I'm actually respecking and re- and reclaiming 16 points because I have four in every single one for the, the the better passives. No, I'm gonna get 16 skill points back by removing it out of that. What is it, metallurgy or? whatever the the other side is because i don't need them anymore I, i'm a full maxed out crafter why do i need those points in there i'm gonna That's free true. them up and aj says when uh Thais leaves this becomes an adult show we should just call it you know i don't know El- uh tales after dark that's what that's what tales we're after dark. tales after dark even though it's on a sunday afternoon I wonder, um, in the actual DLC section, one of the notes says new quests and key characters. I wonder who those key characters are. You think they're anybody from the uh, cinematics? I doubt it. They mentioned on ESO Live about the a character called the Drake of Blades or something like that, which is supposed to be your main storyline character. Um, who... I think they data they data mined a little bit of it. Yeah. Oh, did they? I don't see in in my mind though like maybe maybe this is wrong thinking uh and uh, this game is not like other MMOs this is not Warcraft with the iconic heroes like Thrall like Grom Hellscream they don't have those characters they have a lot of characters but in my mind this game has always been about the world more so about the character characters are there they go like, if you think about it, how memorable is Yarun, uh, the Scald King, Emric, or uh, whoever the the little slut in the AD is? Queen Iren. Yeah, yeah, that little tramp. King Emric. King Emric is pretty memorable. All right, the only reason why he's memorable is because he's that cool actor who who was like in who's, all the who, other movies. Yeah, but on the flip side, how memorable is Rathen and Darian and 
So the, the main ones might not be memorable, but everyone remembers like the the side main character sort of thing. This is true. Darian Gutierrez is is He's like my hero. And Razim <laughs> is the only thing that makes the AD a tolerable place to go through. Um, who's the other one? Raz. The the yeah, the ideal one. Yeah, he's hilarious because I just was yeah. doing my quest on my uh my I I'm up to the quest that led to Cold Harbor on my sorcerer, and everyone knows Naru if you played Ebonheart Pack. She's the Dunmer Morig Tong who's just hot yeah. as all get out. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, and um, I I I love. Khajiit and Roz for this one thing because when he talks about it, as you're leaving he he goes by the way in his little Khajiit accent you just have to imagine I'm a Khajiit he goes anytime that Naru wants to come over and uh, put on a little ma- on a maid outfit so that uh, you know to wait on me she can do that anytime she wants and I Ren's like Raz that's inappropriate and he goes this one regrets nothing I love <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Raz, Darian, and that Naru girl. That's, yeah, the, yeah, those are it, characters that got I, one. You, you're right. They are memorable. Like it's like, hey, they're pretty cool. Um, see, I want to see them come back at some point. I'd really like to see questline extend. I know I'm not going to mention spoilers that potentially might not be happening, but it might. Random off topic, and will this game ever get this big? I don't know. World of Warcraft had a lot of books that came out that kind of filled in story and stuff like that. Christy Golden wrote a bunch. They weren't, you know, like they weren't Lord of the Rings. Okay, they're not like amazing books from like amazing, you know, like Tolstoy type books or anything like that. It was just would anyone be interested if someone actually wrote like side stories for Darian Gutierrez or yes. like, the, the side if, characters? If they were like, canon. Yeah, like if they would consider were... canon like short stories that yeah. came in audiobook form, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They would be canon. They were like what they were doing five years ago, or between expansions. Like when we were out doing this, we hear what they were doing. You know, in between. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I that's you know you know what's funny is whenever I play a game that I'm super hyped about or an MMO that I'm playing, I always look for that extra content like. Like I listened to the Warcraft books when I played it, and I thought they were decent. You know, yeah, I they weren't I, bad. I, unfortunately, I couldn't really get into the Guild Wars two books. Um, no, well, they weren't. They were not written very well. Yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, there are a couple of Elder Scrolls books, but they're not Elder Scrolls Online. But I mean, I guess it's all relative because it takes place in the same world. Yeah, but not time wise. But it would be nice to see Elder Scrolls Online stuff. They do that a little bit in the Elder Scrolls Online Tales of Tamriel, book one. You know, you can you get a little uh, backstory on uh, Yorn the Scald King, King Emmerich, uh, Count, Riven, Count uh, Ravenwatch, and a whole bunch of people. So it's kind of like on that line of what the, they've already done it a little bit, but not really with the big name character that we want to read about. Sure. Yeah. I just need audiobooks so I can listen to that work. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I, I need. I'm a fan of that, too. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely like Star Wars audiobooks are so good. You can hear like lightsaber noises and stuff. They're so good. <laughs> uh, that, sounds, that sounds pretty cool. Um, they are cool. All right. Before, before we will say this, they're also doing some pre-launch events, which are actually kind of neat. So they're like, they tell us to keep an eye out on elder scrolls online.com. Uh, as we march towards the Imperial city DLC, um, each week, they'll share new Imperial City details, uh, including articles, guides, and game events, official art, blah, blah, blah. Throughout the testing period, we'll also be looking uh, 
on the lookout for entertaining Imperial City live streams to share on our official Twitch stream, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we got that. In celebration of the weeks leading up to Imperial City, um, they have a new new thing there, a new, um, new wallpaper, but they're planning on doing a whole bunch of different events and giveaways during the testing. So that's kind of neat. I'm really, really excited to see all that. All right. Last thing we have to talk about is the ESO Live. And there's really only one thing that was really into the ESO Live, except for one little tidbit that I that I uh, listened to that they mentioned. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Telvar Stone System. That's, that's the new currency system for gear in the Imperial City. And that's probably how... I, I, I doubt we're going to get any item drops. I think everything is going to be Telvar. When you kill stuff, you get Telvar Stones and then you purchase gear. There will be no you down a boss and it drops your thing. You'll be saving stones to buy it. Um, it's like a standard MMO uh, currency. If you've ever played an MMO like Warcraft it, or anything else, it's it's one of those systems where it's, hey, you're earning a type of currency to buy gear. That's, that's what it is. And we'll talk about that briefly. But there was one little tidbit that I thought was kind of neat. During one of the one of the um, one of the sections of the show where they were talking about um, animation, they had one of their animation guys out there, and it was it was a neat thing. They were just talking about how they how they make monsters and things of that nature, and they went through all the process. And during that, um, they showed the animations, how things were going to work, and a question was posed about animation canceling. All right. And the reason why I say animation canceling is they said one thing that was really, really fascinating. And that was he didn't want to talk about it. He's like, there's I, I can't really talk about it, but know that we are working on something that is going to change how animation canceling works. So I think we're going to start seeing some changes to animation canceling and how that works in general. So, introducing more skill lag. <laughs> introducing more skill lag, yeah. where you literally just can't do anything till the animation's over. I don't, I don't know. It's it's like Esteldian. What do you do? You think they will do something like animation locking, where they literally wow. go, "You cannot exit out of a skill once you've activated it till the full animation's over." Um, that's a good question. Well, for a start, is it animation cancelling or weaving? I know technically the same thing, but they are also kind of two different things. They um, specifically only said animation cancelling. And again, this was a vague kind of offhand comment saying that this is something that we're excited about, um, but there will be changes to how the system currently works. Well, my assumption would be the easy solution is that if you cancel animation, then no damage gets done. Hmm. But I guess that depends on that means basically altering how the damage gets calculated. Because it happens at the beginning, you'd actually have it happen during the animation or at the end of the animation. Right. Um, well, yeah. I, if they, I guess the if risk... they wait till the end of the animation to tick it off rather than the beginning. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't see. I don't know. The risk to that, I guess, is it might make combat feel a bit clunky. I don't know. Uh. But I don't know. Uh, do you feel like animation canceling causes it to be clunky in the first place? I kind of do. Yeah, I don't like it. The animation yeah, canceling, but... like, I understand, like, it's not that I don't like it. I mean, I understand that, like, that's what people do to get their thing. 
it's I will say this. If you have a bad connection like I do, it is very hard to do animation canceling. Like yeah. I have the reflexes. I, you know, I've done all this stuff before, but I also had a better connection at the time. <laughs> you know, like when I lived in in uh, I had an apartment before, I actually had good internet. So when I used to raid and stuff and having to do split second, you know, interrupts and things like that when I was raiding, that was not a big deal. But I, I'm in game right now and I'm sitting at a 200 ping. Like, and that's normal for me. My lowest ping I normally get, my lowest is 90 to 100. And I can tell you right now, most people would be saying that animation canceling is near impossible to do with that high of a ping. Because it, it just is. It's by the time my computer recognizes that I have, you know, like by the time it goes, oh, this is where you are in the animation. In reality, I'm not in that exact same place. I just don't like the animation canceling. I don't mind weaving. I think it actually looks a lot better these days. Okay. To an extent, but the actual using block to bypass is just a bit. It's a bit cheesy. Okay. Um. Definitely. Hey, uh, next gen in the chat. I'm glad you'd read those books. I know I would too. And thank you for uh, for uh, liking the show, man. We appreciate you being here. Um, I don't know. I'm just. I don't know. I just. I feel. I don't like animation canceling, but because it 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 makes everything just look so clunky when you have to interrupt. It just looks very jarring. Very. Just very strange overall, and I'm just not fond yeah. of it. And if you don't have an insanely good connection, you do suffer, like me. Like, I mean, I know it's not all about me, but it, it is. I have, I'm a good example of someone who has a very bad connection with a 100 to 200 average ping. I would like to see the, you know, the top end guild people go, hey. You know, can they do it on a 100, 200 ping? They like I've talked to people who are like, oh, if that's your ping, no wonder you're having issues. So, I never see it. I'm always at around 100 ish. I'm 115 now. <laughs> 100. But see, that's a that's a good day for me. Like that would that is honestly a good day. Like that is I was, it's just insane that that is considered a good day of ping for me. And it's it's very it's a lot more difficult to do to do that or do animation canceling with a 200 ping than it is with a, a, a like a 10 or a 20 ping. I just don't like it. Don't do it. I weave. That's it. And even that's kind of habit. Uh, what's the difference between animation canceling and weaving? Um, Estella, do you want to take that one? Yeah. I mean, technically the weaving is animation canceling as well, but I've always considered them two very different, sort of aspects of it. If, if you're animation cancelling, that's quite literally where you hit your button and as the cast finishes, you then use a block or an interrupt to actually then stop it dead and then do your next skill. Um, weaving, I consider slightly different because that's you, you interrupt it with an actual action. So you, you're, you're doing your attack and then you do a light attack and then you do your next skill attack. So it kind of is at least continuous <laughs> attack, you know? So if you're watching a film and you watch the swing after the swing, you know, they change very fast it's, it kind of feels like that you know actually it almost feels natural to an extent whereas just getting in the middle of casting a dark flare and then suddenly going okay i'm done i'm now putting my shield up and now i'm casting something else to make it a bit quicker that is very clunky it doesn't give you the continuation of combat and that's why i kind of consider them as two different things but technically 
weaving is animation canceling as well. Yeah, they're they're about I'll say they're about the same thing. Whereas animation canceling, every animation has a sweet spot where it's how far into the animation you have to go to register the damage, and you can actually use an ability or blocker or something like that to cancel it and follow up with another ability to to go faster. Uh, weaving is literally, you can do the same thing, but it's just making sure you're doing light and heavy attacks in between attacks. That's in my regard. That's what weaving is, is, you know, um, yeah, it's, yeah, you're, it looks natural, so I'm here attack, after every light, attack. you know, ability, light attack, ability, light attack, ability, light attack. Whereas animation canceling is actually finding that sweet spot for an animation and canceling it with another ability to get the optimal DPS, which is very hard to do if you don't have a really good ping. Cause it's a split second reaction. Like it, it, you have like almost zero time to, to do it off correctly. Um, it, it is what it is. So, all right. The other thing is the Telvar stone system, which is coming in. It is a currency system for the elder scrolls online. Um, I feel this is how you're going to get all of the gear in the game. This is how you're going to buy the crafting resources. It's with these Telvar stones, which it has an interesting little way of getting them. Everything drops Telvar when you're in Imperial City, okay? But they have varying different costs. Normal mobs may only be a handful, like, you know, like four stones, whereas harder bosses will give you better things, et cetera, et cetera. Killing players... If you kill an enemy player, you get all of their Telvar stones. At least that's how it works right now. They said they may test and play with it just a little bit to see if they want to lower it. They want death to matter, but when a player kills you as of right now, you lose 100% of the stones you've collected. Now, you can bank them, but you can't trade them or, or do anything like that. You have to go back to the Telvar stone banker. It's not even a normal bank. It's the Telvar stone banker to bank these stones. Quick and they question. take a fee. Did um, can, did they say if you could earn Telvar stones in the two new dungeons or no? Uh, no, you no. can't. It's it's you can't. Just okay. in, you can't. Yeah, those new dungeons, the because they are instants and everything like that, are like a hundred percent. They're practically the only thing that makes them they're, part of Imperial they're PV, City. They're is PVE. There. Yeah, they're yeah. PVE instants. Okay, so. Yeah, there's nothing really about them that even really means they're part of Imperial City. They ignore all the Imperial City mechanics besides the fact that they're geographically located in the Imperial City. Right. And they also said these only work in Imperial City, right? So if you go out to other places in Cyrodiil... Yeah, no one, you will not lose your stones if you okay. go out to Cyrodiil. It's only if you die within the Imperial City. Uh, and that includes any kind of death. That's even PvE-related death, though you only lose, like, 10% from, like, a monster kill. Um, did you see that boss fight in the video they showed? They're, I did. They're, they're an uh, ESO Live. They were at that boss for a while. It made it pretty exciting. It did. It, did. it, it looked actually kind of uh, very neat. Um, nothing is going to be like Trials bosses. It's not going to be like that. These are all essentially open-world bosses that are tuned a little bit harder. They're not going to be trials. I highly doubt it's going to be people are going to be clamoring for world first for this stuff. It's that's one thing I've always wanted more of in this game that, you know, Guild Wars 2 kind of spoiled me with was I love seeing the giant open world bosses with like 100 people fighting. And that's what I want to see in Elder Scrolls Online. So I hope that this this kind of has that appeal to mass people. 
mm. where you'll just go there and there'll be like a million people just sitting there waiting for the boss, and then you just go crazy on it. I I like that mindless uh, <laughs> mindless attacking. Well, um, the thing that uh, I, I highly doubt you're going to see any like the thing with with Guild Wars Two is their bosses were big. These, I think you're going to be hard fought to see more than maybe four to six people attacking these things. Mm. Just because six people, they might go down pretty easy. Yeah. And they also they've said that a boss has so many stones. We'll say it's like 400. It gets split evenly among everyone that participates. So if you have 100 people, everyone would only get four stones if they participate equally. You just destroyed my dreams, but no, okay, that makes that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's world bosses in this game too, but they're more designed to go. Oh, I need to find one or two other players. Like they were never, never meant to be like. Oh my goodness, we need all of this, all of this stuff, or we need like a million people. It's just we need this. So. um they have a multiplier that the longer you're out there, you get a multiplier for stones, meaning that it can go up to like four times. So if a boss dropped 400 stones and you were the only one there and you had the 4x multiplier, you'd get 1,600 stones. And I think at max you can carry 10,000 at a time. I think that's what they were saying. Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah. If I remember right, I believe they said that some of the gear costs 10,000 stones for a piece. Oh yeah, no, it's gonna be expensive. Even, yeah. even some of the, then that's what they were saying. Like, the things are what they are. Um, they're going to be kind of expensive. That's you know. But then afterwards, you can buy the crafting materials, which will be available, and those will be tradable or sellable. So you'll be able to still continue to collect stones, and they'll be somewhat worth for you. So, All I can say is you have to have some pretty big balls to run around with 10,000 stones on you for that time. Yeah. Oh, and that's Not what even Cypher would run saying. around on that. Um, because you got to remember, that's what they wanted you to go back to the safe zone because there's a safe zone in every part of the Imperial City where you are 100% safe from PvP, and that's where you'll be able to do the your banking. You'll be able to do all that, banking with the Telvar stone person. Now, remember, the Telvar stone person takes a fee. And as of right now, it's like 50 stones. So if you try to bank 54 stones, they take 50 of them and you only get four in your bank. No, no. Didn't they say they've removed that fee now? No, they kept yeah. the fee, but they didn't. No, they're I'm playing sure with the update. price. I'm sure I saw an update. They said they were, they'd removed it and internal testing had got rid of it. No, I no. Just, I saw that just earlier today. Well, I was watching it easy. as well. And I, I maybe I'm wrong. No, not, not the live. Um, Oh. Just something read it. I thought that I'm sure someone put an update saying no, they didn't tell test and they got rid of the fee. Maybe I could well be wrong. I could have sworn because that's a terrible idea. Well, I know um, even during ESO Live they talked about having the 50 stone cost, and they're like, well, it seemed a little. They wanted to play uh, understand the people's, uh, um, the people who play styles. I'd rather play it safe. I don't want to go for the 4x multiplier and risk losing, you know, 8,000 stones. I would rather bank every 100 or 200 stones and, and make it worthwhile. But 50 is punishing at uh, you know at 200 stones versus if you have 10,000 stones, oh, I don't care, whatever, take 50, right? But if you're only... Did they, did they say how you get the multiplier? Uh, just killing By stuff. Having more stone. No, you have to have more stones on you. 
Is it the more stones you run around that, with? That is very counts. clever. That's a very That's clever I mean. way to do if it. You want to run 10,000 yeah. stones, you get the max multiplayer, but my god, you have to be brave to be running around like that. Right. I'll be there handing in my 50. <laughs> yeah, I'll be. Yeah, I, that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm thinking. Oh, I got 50. Okay. No, and that's what I was talking about. They were saying that during their testing, that's something they're planning on doing. They want you, they don't want people to go, I got one stone, I'm running back. They want it make... to be a fee to bank, but well, they're, they're I, playing with the numbers. I think that, but I think that's kind of why, why I understood if, if I am right there, going to be a fee. Basically, what's come down to is you have to have 50 on you before you can hand it in anyway. So you can't go running back and forth with just a couple of stones. You have to until you've got at least 50. And then obviously the incentive to not go and bank it is just that you get bonuses by keeping them anyway. So why double penalize? So by playing it safe, why have to be charged every time you give your stones in? And now you're not getting the multiplier as well. It's double hitting someone. And for those who are P essentially all the PVEers out there are already scared to death at the idea of losing their stones. So it would be a bad idea to keep any kind of fee because you're already going to have some negative feedback from the fact that people don't like the idea they can lose their stones, they'll get zerged, it's going to be crap. So here's the risk, you've got to have at least 50 stones before you can hand them in. If you keep handing them in at 50 stones, you'll never get the bigger multipliers, but at least your stones are safe. It seems like a fairly fair trade-off to be in. Um, if they do keep a fee, well, then it should be really low, because I just think it's a bad idea. And it sounded like they thought the same thing and got rid of it, okay. but we'll see. I might be wrong because that is something they were talking about with testing going. We're we're still playing with it. We got to we got to break the balance of we want you to make the choice. Do I want to risk having the higher multiplier and getting the better stones or more stones? Or do I want to head back and bank? But they don't want you to run back every time you just have a handful of stones like because then you'll there, there's got to be a, a, a even ground. And that's something they were even talking about with testing is it's going to change. I like how that works. Like if you have a group of players and see, here's my other fear is because of how it is, you only need the six keeps. I still feel, I really do that. We're still going to have buff campaigns now, not in the same way, but it will be like, this is our IC campaign where we own everything on the map. So what's the difference of running around with a hundred thousand? Because there's never going to be a chance that the AD can even get in here or the DC or whatever faction you're playing. Right? Because that's how it is. You have to own all six of your home keeps in order to, um, you know, get get those to, to to get into the place. So what does it matter if if uh, no one can get in? Then you run around with the multiple, the massive multiplier. Multiplier. You just, you just run the risk, don't you? If suddenly they do get access, you've got to be quick to hand those in. Or even better, a few Nightblades hanging around the place for you to run around thinking, oh, it's safe, all guys locked out. Except oh. these guys who have actually been in all the time. <laughs> My goal like... is to have characters in every campaign, like a VR-14 in every campaign, and not play them and get into the Imperial City and just log out. And then just <laughs> stay in the Imperial City and gank people when it's not mine. Earn your 10,000 and then log off. Yeah, exactly, earn my 10,000. That guy won't make that mistake again. There's going to be people doing that. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness, because that's what people did in Darkness Falls in DOAC. Absolutely, that was a thing. They had now, characters I... that were gank characters that they did not play. They logged them into to the Darkness Falls when it, when their realm didn't own it, and they logged out in their zone, in their, in their safe spot. And then when they lost the Imperial City and another place got it, they would sneak in, stealth the entire way. These were always stealth characters, 
And but since in this game everyone can stealth, it's not that big of a deal. But they were always like night blades and 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 assassins and 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 the shadow blades, whatever the classes were, the stealthy classes, and that's what they did. They sat in Imperial City, or in the Darkness Falls, waited for it to switch hands, and then they would go lobby ganking, where they just run in and just kill everything. Now, am I crazy, or I could have sworn that they said you only had to own the keep near the sewer to get in? No, you had to own the six home keeps. Is it all six? I, okay, I, all six I don't know home why keeps. I was thinking that. Yeah. Okay. So, hey, hold on. I, I, got, a, I got a question. Sorry. So, yeah, if, I know. Uh, if you guys, if we own all six keeps and all of our people are inside the Imperial City, and then I log off, and then while I'm logged off, the Ebonheart Pack comes and takes it. When I log back on, I'll still be in there? Yes. Or do you think it will be on the line of they'll port me out nope. since nope. I lost and I'm not online? Nope. No, wow. that, that, that's the whole cool. way that it works. Is <laughs> I, if I you're like in that. there, you're, you're, you're in there until, until you, know, you die. die until you I like, I like, I now, love that. Now, when you it die... Seems, it seems my faction is practicing, by the way. If you look on the, the stream now, you'll actually see those are your six. Our, our, our faction, actually, Jaggerfall actually has the six that you need. Yeah. Yeah. on the map now for anyone that's interested in what six you're talking about it's not the inner ring it is your home keeps so it's all six around all the blue ones on the map right now lewis martin in chat says won't the 50 percent damage nerf and pvp affect the gankers though yes it will but you still got to remember what a ganker's going to do is they're going to wait till a person is in the middle of fighting a boss and their health is low and run in and nuke them Jesus beam for the win. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what they're going to do. <laughs> they're not going to wait see... for a fair fight when the guy's rested and fully buffed. He's going to wait till the guy's not paying attention, attacking a boss or something, and then take him out. I love Wasn't this. the original plan you had to own all six keeps around the Imperial City? Uh, that's what I. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Maybe they. Changed no, they, it or from, maybe... as far as I know, from the very beginning, it's always been the six home keeps. Oh, cause I, uh... right, I thought it was the ones around it. Okay. I think it's because when early information came out, it was like you knew they knew, you knew you had to have six keeps, and people were thinking six keeps the right. inner ring. That would be. I mean, that, that would make yeah. the most sense. Yeah. 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 That's. Yeah. No. No. It's not. It's you don't need an emperor to get into the place if if that makes it sense. Cool. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. It's you just need to own the six keeps. At, so when when um when the campaign is completely restarted like 100% wiped and everyone starts back everyone has access to imperial city until that first keep is taken so that's going to be funny people are going to rage when that keep, when like one of their keeps get, gets lost they're going to freak out oh yeah oh yeah well that's and you'll probably get a notification like if if you own the keep we'll just say you owned it you'll get a notification going Ebonheart Pact has lost control of the Imperial City, and you're in there going, crap. <laughs> Run back to the bank. Run back to the bank. <laughs> That's exactly what happened in Dark Age of Camelot when you were playing it. When when you lost the thing, you were like, I got to get out of here before before the AKA, the, the, uh, the clearing squad, which would always happen when you took over. A whole Zerg would run through all of Darkness Falls and just kill everyone they found. So you had to get back out or at least log out and get back to a somewhat safe spot before before the 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 gank squad came in and nuked you yeah so you run with your 10,000 stones and then die you hit load screen infinite load screen crash out come back and get swarmed is your factions section of the sewer i thought that was considered safe it is okay up to a certain point there's a certain point in the sewer that is considered safe 
where and it's not necessarily a whole thing like you could probably there will probably be let me let me rephrase it like this it'll probably be there will be a section in the keep that you can go to where there will be these invulnerable guards kind of like the pvp guards where they're like one shot anybody right and they'll just be uber powerful, but they will not move past a point you can get up to that point like an enemy could chase you up to that point and then would have to turn around because if they tried to follow you the the invulnerable super guards would just turn around and nuke them so while you're in there you're 100 percent safe because they'd have you know there's no way someone could stealth by them there'll just be some area like a threshold that you'll pass maybe even an instant zone but it i i doubt that's going to be the case where once you pass it that's a safe spot where you can hang out there, you can do your crafting, you can do your banking, and you're safe from PvP. But the second you step out of that zone, you're you're liable to get ganked. Can you can you enter the the two new group dungeons without access to the city? Um, are you referring yes. to access to the city as in the Imperial City expansion, or just you don't? Yeah. Have oh no, you no, can. You know, you can you can enter those at any time. So it's, it's just like it's, it's just like when you're in the DC first zone, you can still go down the fungal grotto. Exactly. Grotto yeah. Once you unlock perfect. it, as he says, you know, once once you do the quest or whatever it is that allows you to get into it, you can literally there'll be an icon on your map and you can just port to it. Cool. Awesome. So yeah, no, those those are not going to be like oh crap. Uh, the the da- undaunted pledge today is Imperial City, but oh no, we don't have it. So we have to go do PvP so I can earn it. We can do it now. You can just port to it. Well, that that's what got me nervous because I was like, man, I can't go do the white gold, the white gold tower without doing the whole, the whole thing every time I want to go in there and try it out. But all no, right, no. I got my I got my answer. Yeah, no. As soon as you unlock it, you are you're golden. Cool. Yeah. So no, it's as they as they discuss the Imperial City. Uh, sewer or not sewers that's that's a public dungeon that's open for pvp the two pve zone or dungeons are the only reason why they're a part of imperial city is because that's where they're geographically located otherwise they're almost completely different from everything else like they're not at all involved in any of the mechanics of of the imperial city other than the fact that that's where they're geographically located basically by being part of imperial city they can part of the dlc to encourage you to buy it yeah that's true yeah um that's actually kind of a uh, an interesting question though now that now that you bring that up do you think that the imperial city those two dungeons will be part of the the dlc do you need dlc to play those and the reason why i I ask is what happens if the undaunted pledge requires those i don't think no there probably won't be pledges for it I'm guessing there's not going to be pledges for them, but that's a oh, good point. separate pledge. But yeah, they are part of the DLC. I'm sure it's part of the list. Okay, it's just something DLC. that's kind of curious because if you didn't buy the DLC but you like running pledges, what do you do if it's the Imperial City as the pledge? They might just have another NPC that has a pledge. Maybe another. I can't another imagine pledge. them having a whole. I can't imagine them having a whole nother NPC just for these two dungeons. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Like a, yeah, but they could, like they could add City of Ash to that one as well. Yeah, that seems kind of shady. Oh, uh, that's true. They can add City of Ash and make it like a veteran, a veteran style. Yeah. So you've got the old school standard pledges, and then you've got the fancier ones, which will be... But then, but then, if you only had, but then if you only had access to City of Ash, then you'd only have access to that one. It's still uh, a bonus pledge, isn't it? Compared to the other two. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's it's yeah, that that's that kind of has me thinking a little bit. Um just because of like I don't know, like then again, I always feel like there's only three pledges in the entire game and that's uh Spindle Clutch, <laughs> yeah. Fungal Grotto and uh oh what's the other one? Uh, I can't remember. There's only, I only ever get those three. I never, I've never got Sunday. City of Ash as a as yeah, a thing. Crypt of Hearts. Crypt of Heart. No, yeah. I don't even think I, I don't even remember getting that. Now oh, the the normal pledges are a little different. I feel like those I get more often, but I never get anything other than those other dungeons as the daily. Like now, I don't do the pledges every day, but every day I choose to do them. It's like wow, I just ironically, that's what I'm playing today. <laughs> Now, here's a question. Do you think they will make veteran versions of the no- remaining normal dungeons as part of a patch rather than a DLC? Or will they not even bother veteraning them at all? Oh. I'd like to see I that version. I think there'll be patches. I honestly feel like that will be a, a patch. If yeah. there's any new dungeon, that will be DLC. But I feel like the old ones, if they ever get... If they ever get veteran ranks, which I highly doubt, they, they may not anymore because they made the decision of, hey, we're going this DLC route. We very well might not see them revamp the new old dungeons into having veteran modes. We might just go, OK, we're just going to do new dungeons and they'll have normal and veteran ones. But we'll just leave the ones we have now as they are. We were not going to provide a veteran version. Or how would you feel about, say, a five dollar DLC, which gave you the five or however many left there are that are turning into veteran ones. A cheap DLC that's got an updated uh, content, five more veteran dungeons. That, you feel see, that, that a bit seems, cheap? That seems kind of shady because the yeah. content does already feel very there. cash grab. All they're doing is just upping the level, essentially. I don't know. I wouldn't like that. Well, to be fair, the veterans are a bit more. There is more. They are different. I know the sort of similar layout. But they are. They are different dungeons. You know, the different yeah, bosses. Yeah, different Unlike yeah, other games, mechanics. where the yeah. So unlike other games, I've done. I think was it Rift or whatever, where the hard mode was still the sort of same dungeon. Oh yeah, well, War- World yeah, of Warcraft was the, was the first at that, where it was just they added new mechanics for bosses. Um, I can't remember what was the first game that I played that they started switching up, like where the dungeons were different. There. An MMO did that, and I can't remember. Guild Wars 2 did it. Yeah, Guild Wars 2. That's they had exploration mode where you could go different ways. Yeah, and that was a different, you know, the bosses that were in normal were not in exploration. It was just different. Um, but it, it's, in most MMOs, it really is just the, hey, you know, normal and hard are just, they just add new mechanics, increase the boss health, whatever the case may be. Actually, I could be wrong. I think Rift may have done different versions for the vet ones. I Same can't, dungeon, but. I can't but, remember. But yeah, so it's a bit more to it than just saying, hey, this is a hard mode. Um, or maybe if they did DLC with $5, or they did a bit more than just make it a standard veteran. Maybe they'd do something a bit more, I don't know, above and beyond. So you get a better quality veteran one than the ones we've got. Hmm. That, you know, that maybe. I don't know. I mean, if they did a cheap DLC, I'd buy it just because I like that. But I, I almost feel like they're just going to up and abandon the older dungeons and just go, yeah, I'm not, I'm not dealing with a dlc because we we how can we not feel cash grabby we'll just make new dungeons and go from there well that's what i was asking you that's the funny thing if, if they're not going to do them at all i'd actually rather they charge me five bucks to do the effort and put them in you see because i'd buy it oh it's one of those weird things they won't bother doing it and they don't want to do it because cash grabby but actually i'd rather they said you know what we will charge five bucks and here we will make them veterans for you because okay. they're, they're great dungeons but you never do them because they're normal so you don't waste your time with them anymore right <laughs> no i, so, I, I 
I agree with that. I would definitely, I would definitely, if I was given the option of, I either need to, we're either not doing them or we're making it a DLC, I would rather them make it a DLC so we can at least play them. Yeah, you have the choice, don't bother buying it. If you think it's a waste of time, and if you don't, buy it. Or be subbed like me, that's all good. Right, then you get them anyway. <laughs> um, now here's a rand, a, not a random question, but it goes along with that. What would encourage you to play them other than gear sets? And would people complain that if I didn't buy the $5 DLC, I don't have access to the undaunted gear sets that would inevitably come with them? I mean, technically speaking, you're going to get that anyway with the the IC-only ones, but, I mean, do you see that as a, an issue? I think it's an inevitable fact of content being updated. I know there's something on the boards already, someone saying, oh, is it now paid to win? It's like, one, there's an expansion. This is kind of what happens. You yeah, know? this is... You, you've got to draw the line somewhere of what you're calling pay to win. Yes, you have to pay to get access to this content, but it's not the same as going to the crown store and saying, I'm buying this new bit of gear. Right. It's a very different situation. Yeah, you're. Um, it's like playing Warcraft, but only buying up to Burning Crusade. Yeah, there's better gear, but I'm only access. I can only do up to Burning Crusade content. There is a difference where, you know, they're like, well, you eventually do have to pay for the upgrades as we go along. Yeah. But give me ex- give me decent experience, and I'll happily run them. I don't even need decent gear from. You oh know, yeah. I, have, I enjoy doing dungeons. My problem at the moment is the dungeons are a waste of time in terms of getting any experience so that really is it so I, I get nothing from it and even though i enjoy running them even that gets a bit tiresome after a while right if you get no reward for doing yeah it, why even bother yeah no i can i i i agree with that and uh hey uh Korgath, how are you doing yeah, i got i got i got one one more question it says okay. uh in the imperial city dlc game pack features and content it says 23 completely new veteran rank 16 item sets only available available in the Imperial City. So if you don't have the DLC, you don't get access to those item sets. Yep. Yep. Because okay. they're Correct. probably part of the Telvar Stone system, so it's not like their people can even craft them for you. Mm-hmm. They will be required to buy with pieces. But okay. you can, of course, buy resources and fuck with gold, and therefore craft veteran rank 16 gear without having the Imperial City. Hey, and, there, and there's a we talked about this last week remember how we were saying uh how are they going to uh are they going to add a new resource so we craft these this gear well looks like they are yeah it's we probably won't we'll still probably use void steel and shadow cloth and stuff but we'll need that special piece or something that's i, I like that I, I like needing to get that kind of stuff just because you know, it, it is what it is, and I prefer um, when we get new content like that. Like, make crafters need something, and you have to get it. I was always fond of crafting gear, like being able to craft item sets you got from from uh, trials, but it, they would drop like a rare item that you needed to make to make it. And I was always, that's how I always liked it. So if you don't get the DLC, the highest armor you can get is VR14 armor, but you can still reach VR16. Or... Uh, see, that's that's that's, that's an interesting question, about. actually. Yeah. So what was the question? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I kind of forgot the question too. If <laughs> no, um, go ahead. You were saying if you didn't have uh, the DLC, 
All right, so you just didn't buy the DLC. You could still get the VR16, but you can only craft VR16 gear if you, in the Imperial v- City. VR14 uh, VR gear. No, that's what I was saying. You, if you don't have the DLC, people can still sell the actual stuff that's needed to make gear. So you can still make VR16 stuff as a crafter. Mm-hmm. You just obviously wouldn't make the specific sets that can be made in thing. But if you want to make as juice as VR16, you could do that. Oh, okay, so this is can what buy. I'm. This is what I'm remembering is. Uh, you can now. You're obviously your Telvar stones. They're bind on pickup. However, the gear you buy with them is not. The gear you buy is bind on equip. So you could probably buy that gear and sell it to somebody who doesn't have the Imperial City DLC, because the really? base patch increases the veteran rank to 16, not the DLC. Hmm. But so even yeah. though it says that the 20, the 23 completely new veteran rank armors are in the Imperial City, and then it also says that it's it, part of the DLC game pack feature, people who don't have the DLC can still get the armor. So when it says only available in Imperial City, they probably fi- they uh, probably mean it's physically only available. Like you can only you can literally only acquire it there, and then you can do what but you want. I mean, I mean more I, for the top line where it says Imperial City DLC. Can- game pack features and content just like on the bottom part where it talks about the 100% more XP and stuff it's just a Imperial City base game patch this, so this everybody is, will get it this is what the, I'm the, gathering I was going to say sorry the, the easy way to confirm this is they've said that any gear you have from, from the DLC if for example you're a sub member when you're no longer subbed and lose access you still are able to use all that gear yeah. so the gear isn't literally locked into DLC if you no longer access okay. you can have the gear so it's stuff not. that's not bound can be sold um, monsters that die in there you can deconstruct the items that's how you get the vet 15 16 materials mm-hmm. that material isn't going to be bound so someone could sell that on the auction house and a non-DLC guy could buy that and then go to whatever crafting stations are in the old world to make VR 16 gear what you can't do is make yourself VR 16 gear that you can only make in the Imperial City but presumably crafted gear is not going to be bound so someone could still make that gear for you and sell it to you or trade yeah it. right with the exception of the maybe some of the item sets that are purchased only with the Telvar stone system they would automatically be bound to your character when you buy them so those sets would be unavailable, but you could get, you could in some way, either through purchasing or something along those lines, to get the materials to craft level VR16 gear that's currently available. Like I could go make a VR16 Hunding's Rage if I purchase the materials from somebody off of a, a guild. So board. let me see if I got this right. Okay. You can become veteran right now without the expansion. You can become veteran rank 16. Yes. But the only way to get any of the gear or gear sets is they have to be sold or given to you. Yes. That's okay. That's kind of weird. That's, that's, uh, all right. That's, wait, that, no, that's, that's crafted. That's assuming that, for example, running daily pledges, you don't get VR 16 shoulders from the church chest. Oh, yeah. They yeah. Like you go up to your level. So but are they going to be, are they increasing the pledge gear to VR 16? Yes, they are. Oh, they are. Oh, they are. Yeah. They uh, well, are. I don't know about the loot in the dungeons, but the treasure chest has always been based on your level. So the reward you get when you unlock okay. is always your character's level. Okay. So that would probably be VR16, regardless. Yeah. Okay. All right. All so right. save your gold keys now if you've been farming them. For, <laughs> like, save them. That Don't open them until you're VR16. Just Yeah, <sighs> I opened up a uh, VR4 gold key and i got some set piece that i was like oh man this sucks that i got i, I just i just did that this weekend with a vr6 gold key went, yeah oh, man you're like oh crap yeah well i didn't it was, know it was it was, a, it was a two piece it was a two piece a shoulder two piece and i don't even remember what it was but but my guy has a really cool looking big shoulder piece whoops hold on <laughs> it was literally the first key that. i ever I was like, oh, man, oh. 
see what they're not. That's funny. It's definitely funny. All right, guys, we we are going insanely long at this point. We are over two hours, and uh, I, I think uh, we're just going to have to forego the, the rest of the show, the Tales section. We'll have to talk about our gameplay later. Um, and I say uh, we just kind of wrap it up because um, we're already at this point over two hours in length. So uh, why don't we just go ahead and give our final thoughts for this week, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. So... Um, Krabby, since you're our guest, why don't you give us your final thoughts? Okay. I think you're getting a little roboty there. I'm not sure if it's actually me or if it's you. I can't hear. Oh, uh, hear okay, that. okay, good. I did, it's oh. not to, okay. Crab, you're getting a little roboty, so I'm gonna circle back to you. Avi, how about you? Uh, it was a very good episode. I'm really excited about this DLC. Just wanted to throw it out there. My little uh, casual self. I got my first gold key this week, running a uh, running with a uh, Kip Cheese and Arc. So that was really awesome. Happy I finally got a gold key. So it was a very good week this, this week in games. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Excellent. And uh, Esteldian? Uh, yeah. Um, definitely nice to be talking about some content at long last. It's great that we've actually had to cut a show short because we've, we've gone on and not been able to finish up rather than sit there trying to make <laughs> stuff up as we make our way through a two-hour show. Uh, right. So that's been refreshing. Nice to have Krabby on as well. That was cool. Um, and I know we're not doing the Tales thing, but just to say, my guild finally got Manticore down. We're on to the Serpent. Happy days. Excellent. So Sanctum of Fidia will be ours at some point. Nice. Nice. Am I still breaking up? Nope, you're good, sound? Krabby. Go for <laughs> oh, it. Oh, okay. I, I, have, I, I just jiggled my, my my plugs. Oh, my. I jiggled my plugs. But no, I, yeah, no, I was saying I was, uh, <clears throat> I'm, you know, I'm glad to be back around. Um, happy to be a guest host. Uh, and I'm really ha- having a lot of fun back in the game, and I can't wait to do more events and stuff. Excellent. Um, definitely, uh, I want to say it was a fun show. It was definitely nice that we actually had a lot to talk about where I actually have to cut the episode short going, we're just going to have to abandon half of the show because uh, there was just so much to talk about. And uh, so we'll be back next week. We'll catch up on where we are in game and uh, hopefully have a little bit more news to talk about because they are releasing new stuff about imperial city each week they say so something to play with something to play with for sure i like it uh definitely had a lot of fun with the youtube it seemed uh to go pretty well the crowd looked pretty good i liked it a lot of people in chat so um definitely definitely gonna play with this some more see how it goes all right uh thank everyone for listening thank you all for showing up and definitely be back next week for our next episode of tales of tamriel have a good night everybody Good night, all. Yeah. You just listened to another episode of Tales of Tamriel, a Dungeon Crawler Network production. If you want to get involved, please be sure to check out our website at www.dungeoncrawlernetwork.com. Please be sure to follow us on our social media and YouTube channels. We can be found on Twitch at twitch.tv slash dungeoncrawlernetwork, on Twitter at dungeoncrawlnet, and at Tales of Tamriel. 
and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tales of Tamriel Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you next time.